welcome back to the Whiskey Dicks podcast. This is going to be the week six matchup breakdown. I am Zach, and I am here with my co-host this evening, Josh. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, Zach. How are you? Uh, it sounds like I'm doing better than you right now. Yeah, by well, I mean I'm, I'm alive, so that's something. If uh, I'm not mistaken, you are hungover at 8.46 at night. I, I have been hungover for 14 hours today. Yeah. And it uh, just, just hasn't stopped. So That's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Body's really feeling good right now. That's unfortunate. Um, and then also joining us is no one. I know we had a street going of guests, but due to certain things, and not that it's a problem to not have guests, uh, it is actually, uh, we're kicking it old school today. It's just going to be me and Josh. Yeah, it's going to be a little different, but we'll we'll make it work. Now, without the guests, we'll go back to the usual format. We'll uh, review the trade that we did not get a chance to talk about last week. We'll have sort of our little game or whatever we do to fill the time between the picks. And then we'll get into those matchup breakdowns. But let's start with the trade. It was made on Thursday last week. So a day after we record the pod, it was between Ian and Alex. Alex uh, received Alexander Madison, Ronald Jones II, and Jack Doyle, who I believe is now on the waiver wire. And then Ian received Marvin Jones Jr., Jordan Wilkins, and Chris Thompson. Did you really notice this trade, Josh, or am I kind of bringing this to your attention for the first time? I remember seeing it, and I remember kind of forgetting about it as I'm, as I'm reading it. Um, it didn't have a lasting impression on me at first, and I'm going through the players right now as we speak just to get an idea of if I missed something or if it affected last week by a lot. And uh, looks like the answer is no. <laughs> Nothing really affected. It looks like Alex is a believer in Ronald Jones, and I get that. Uh, so he was probably pretty disappointed in his 9-for-35 day last week. But in my mind, I mean, I think Ronald Jones is going to end up and be the most fantasy-friendly running back out of the four that were swapped. Yeah. But for a depth play for Ian to get Marvin Jones as a receiving option, and obviously Jack Doyle is uh, – on our waivers, so no one wanted him. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see how the year progresses. It could be a, one of those things that it'll take a couple of weeks to really uh, feel the impact of. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Ronald Jones, to me, is definitely the best player in this trade, but that's also why Ian got Marvin Jones Jr. and Chris Thompson and a, and a decent backup in Jordan Wilkins. Uh, I know for Alex, and I think we did talk about it last week on the pod, because I know I share the same view. I'm really high on Alexander Madison. His talent-wise is he looks really good when he runs the ball. And uh, so far, Dalvin Cook hasn't gotten hurt yet. And for his sake, I hope he doesn't. But if he does, Alexander Madison's like at RB1 instantly. So I'm I'm assuming that Alex is willing to have that handcuff uh, in exchange for the kind of depth that he's going to be given up uh, because of that. And then, and then, yeah, I do think Jack Doyle got dropped. That's really no... No big surprise. I mean, he has no no spot on Alex's team. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, uh, pretty quiet for the league overall. This past week, um, if you weren't scoring in the 120s, you were not winning a matchup. And I think there might have been a couple of people who still scored in the 120s and didn't even win. It was a very, very high scoring affair. I was the highest scorer last week. And then Luke took the honors of bringing the low score title down to Ram Ranch um, with a pretty uninspiring performance of less than 70 points, which that is not going to do shit in this league right now. <laughs> 
Any thoughts about last week right now, Josh? I mean, I know you got put through the ringer yet again. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's every week you go in, you like to think that you have hope, and then every week uh, you watch guys do unexpectedly well. I mean, Allen Robinson had a big week, and a couple of other of his players just, he just had a good week. And, you know, hats off to Joe. Alex and Danny were um, talking about it in the group me a little bit, but uh, the math, I think I'm averaging 134 points against uh, each week right now. That so brutal. That's a lot of points against. And so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm happy to be two and three with all of that going on. And, and hopefully that number comes down. Uh, for your sake, I hope so. But if not, just keep scoring points. The, the highest scoring player who by record is not in the playoffs will be in the playoffs with the final seed. So it's always worth at least making sure you have the best lineup out there, getting as many points as possible. All hope is never lost in this league. That's true. Just just feels like it. <laughs> just just really depressing to talk about. But yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, but going into sort of our game for the week, as I'm sure a lot of you might do, uh, but something that we've never really talked about much on this podcast is daily fantasy, a little FanDuel, a little DraftKings, anything along those lines. Uh, and so we're going to go ahead and talk about setting a lineup for you. This week, Josh and I will give our opinions on some guys that we think are good, good options. And then we'll give you our pick for the full top-down lineup. Uh, this is going to be a slate that starts at 1 and goes all the way through Monday night. So you get the 1s, the 4s, Sunday night, Monday night, nothing on Thursday. So you can actually use this information, start this lineup, put money down, give Josh and I a cut of your winnings. Yeah, please. Josh, with all the people that we were talking about Give me a guy that you're probably most excited to add to this lineup. For me, it's got to be, and I think I made the comment to you, it's got to be Mark Ingram. I wanted to add him twice if I could just because I watched the Bengals. I got to, I've got i gotten to watch a couple of their games, and they are just bad. I mean, our, everyone, look, the offensive line's beat up, and I actually have hope for the future at, on the offensive side with Zach being an offensive guy. But they're going to turn it around. And something's going to happen in the next few years. Like, they'll figure it out. I don't know if they'll move on from Andy or not. Well, they need to spend, like, their next 12 draft picks on defensive players. But, oh, my God, Zach, the linebacking core. I've never seen linebackers <laughs> in the NFL play this poorly. And, you know, it's just, like, you, you watch you watch what's happening, right? Geno's getting blocked. Half the time, probably double teamed. I'm not even paying that close attention. I'm just watching. I like. I just. I try and find where our linebackers go. They're just always out of position. Always just way off. And I just. I just scratch my head. I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know. It bewilders me. So Mark Ingram, he's going to run for a million, and he's probably going to have five touchdowns just because the yeah. Bengals are so bad. Just. Give me all of give me all of my- I do agree. Ingram comes in at seventy five hundred. Um this is this is off of a FanDuel lineup. So you got the quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, tight end flex, defense special teams, fifty thousand dollars. Um Ingram comes in at uh, seventy five hundred. It just seems like a good stud for a good value. Uh, there's no way that he shits the bed unless he were to get hurt. So I agree. He's someone that I would be very, very excited about. Um, for me, a guy that I'm really high on, a slightly more of a value pick, is uh, definitely going to be Larry Fitzgerald. Arizona, while they've only won one game, they're at least progressively putting up points at a somewhat consistent level. 
Um, the quarterback play is definitely inconsistent to say the least, but everybody puts up points against the Falcons. I uh, saw a stat and I'm just going to kind of half-ass it because I can't remember it verbatim, but the average QB uh, rating against the Falcons is something like 115, only beaten by the Dolphins, where the average QB rating is 137, which is absolutely preposterous. But 115 for a, a team that people like might pick to win games this year is ridiculous. Um, and with Christian Kirk being slightly banged up, Larry Fitzgerald being who he is, uh, he's coming in at 5,600, and I think he's like a fucking guaranteed Arizona at home, um, especially if he finds the end zone this week. Like, that's a stud. That's a guy that I really like. Who knows? Maybe it'll make me pick Dan this week. Probably not. Probably never. But it's just, it's a nice thing to say. <laughs> Someone else kind of coming in at that range is also Tyler Boyd. Uh, I know he is not in our bona fide pick lineup, but I do think that they're going to be down and down early. And Tyler Boyd's looked just really great this year. And if you can beat the Ravens anywhere, it's through the air. I still think the Bengals get pummeled, but that's all the more to pick uh, maybe a wide receiver on their team for a game script reason to just force him the ball, get some targets, things like that. But he comes in at 6,400, and I think Fitzgerald has all the same upside as him, um, but just for a cheaper value. Uh, but go ahead and uh, toss someone else out there right now. Right now we have a running back and a wide receiver in Ingram and Fitzgerald. So go ahead and add someone else to the mix here, Josh. All right. I'm going to go ahead and go with the other running back that we kind of discussed. Um, this week is kind of one of those weird weeks where, like, you know, the Christian McCaffreys and the, the Ezekiel Elliott's and the Kamaras, they've kind of got tougher matchups. Oddly, yeah. It's so – And not that they won't produce. Right. They're still going to be great because they're great players, but just not the level of production that maybe we're used to seeing. It's, you know, it's, I, I think that's why when we were going through and we were trying to figure out what running back we wanted to go, uh, when Chris Carson's name came up, we both really kind of agreed with, with putting him out there. Um, the matchup, I think, is an interesting one with the Browns. Uh, we just watched the 49ers dismantle them via the run game. Carson has looked uh, absolutely just beastly in the last yeah. couple of games breaking tackles just i mean he can it's one of those things where i think he's going to be really consistent for us i think he's going to there's no world that i see him busting unless he gets injured similar to an ingram right i think we're getting a consistent points at the running back position and price wise we can afford it uh he's only 7200 this week so yeah, definitely. We're not, definitely we're not having to pay that like eighty four hundred. That is a Zeke or right. something like that for someone who who will produce exactly the same. I think Zeke will do great against the Jets. Um, maybe it's another reason to pick Dan. Again, nice thing to say. I will never do it. But Chris Carson <laughs> has even more upside. He's playing against a worse team, um, so it's it's really hard not to. And kind of what Gillis was kind of hinting at here. These are some guys that aren't in our final lineup. But maybe they could be with a quick player swap. But uh, on Johnson gets the Packers at 6,900. Super steal. The only thing that might go against him, obviously I'm biased in the situation. I don't think the game script might be super favorable. And I do know the lines are a pass first team. It seems to be more this year. Or at least they definitely prefer to pass it in the red zone. I know Hawkinson gets a lot of looks. I know Galladay gets a lot of looks. Um, so without having the huge touchdown upside, I still think he'll feast and he, by all means he could score. So he's at 6,900, who I think is really solid on the other side of that same game 
Aaron Jones coming in at 7,200. The yards might not be there, but Matt LaFleur runs the ball in the red zone. And when he doesn't, the Eagles game happens. So I think what he did the following week against the Cowboys was run a a disgusting amount. And so I think Aaron Jones is a guy who has just a very high floor. Uh, Chances are incredibly high. He's going to find the end zone, and that means you'll have a good day. Yeah, can we we talk about Aaron Jones for a second? I know you're a (laughs) Packers fan. Yes. So you you're loving it because their touchdowns are touchdowns for you guys. But mm-hmm. could he just fuck off for a second and let Aaron oh. Rodgers throw like one touchdown? Look, Jesus that... Christ, four touchdowns is he's got what we were talking about eight hundred or he's got eight touchdowns and like three hundred yards or something. Like you look at his yards, yes. he doesn't even doesn't even run unless he's it's the, like a two yard touchdown. That's, he's that's the all. That's... 2019 version of the Patriots, Legarrette Blunt. Yeah, that's exactly who it reminds me of. Fucking fat-ass LeGarrette who ends up with 20 fucking touchdowns yeah. and like 600 yards. I mean, he's eight touchdowns through five weeks. He's That's insane. That's absolutely wild. Oh. Scored in every game this year. It's the only reason why he's, he's, he's doing as well as he is. Um, but I do think that's because the Packers game script this year, not to go on a tangent here, it's been very positive. Every game, they're almost always the first team to score, which is kind of very uncharacteristic if you look at last year. We almost always played from behind, but we're scoring first. We're scoring consistently early in the first quarter. We always put up points in the first quarter, maybe minus the the Bears game, but uh, against every other team that we play, we jump out to an early lead, and then it's just Matt LaFleur just kind of tries to piss the game away, and we don't really know what to do from that position. I think he's afraid to be aggressive, but regardless, it... Let's Aaron Jones get those looks in in the red zone, kill clock, waste time, get some garbage yards, which honestly isn't isn't a ton, but they work. So, yeah, Aaron Jones is kind of he's kind of a dark horse. It, he makes you uncomfortable because the yards aren't there. He makes me uncomfortable because I have Aaron Rodgers on my team. Well, yeah, that too. That's why I'm uncomfortable. But as long as the touchdowns are coming and he has that kind of share in the red zone, because even when Jamal Williams was there, he was still getting the looks. Like it didn't matter. Yeah. Jamal Williams could have a, had a full drive against who was it? I think it was the Broncos. And then once they got into the red zone, he went in the game and he put the ball in the end zone. Like it didn't matter. They they know their roles for those guys. So that at least makes me feel good about him for my sake going forward. But uh, that knocks out two running backs. I will go into the quarterbacks here, and our pick is uh, Matt Ryan, mainly for kind of what we touched on with the Falcons earlier. They're offense their defense i mean can't stop any opposing quarterbacks and they just get into a shootout every single week or at least have to come from behind and play aggressively and their run game is atrocious it's not like devonta freeman isn't good they just i don't even know what they're doing out there when it comes to running the ball they physically can't do it he gets to play the cardinals doesn't matter that they're at home patrick peterson is not back yet he's still sitting out this week um he will be back the following week. So with Julio, Sanu, Ridley, Hooper, who's getting a ton of targets this year, um, he just has an incredibly high floor. He's been in the 20s almost every week this year. I just think he's a super solid pick. And that's, we always, and he's coming in at uh, 8,100. So he's a a slightly more expensive guy, but that's that's a pretty guaranteed over 20 floor, which is which is important. You can't strike out in daily fantasy and you can have your boomer bust, but you don't want that to be your quarterback because everybody's going to get points on your quarterback and you can't miss. Um, but other guys that we did pass up for the same reason, Kyler Murray, he just plays for a worse team, a little more injury prone. Uh, doesn't quite have that pedigree. He's coming at $400 less at 7,700. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 
if you want to just jump on the hype train there, uh, he's coming in at 6,900. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, yeah, he is. And then Lamar Jackson at 8,400, the most expensive, but kind of what Gillis was saying earlier. His, his favorite child's bad at football, so he's not even going to play him. But Josh, that, that gets rid of QB, two running backs, and a wide receiver. Where do you want to, where do you want to drop some knowledge on the people next? Well, I think since we've already touched on it now twice, that I'm going to go and hit the tight end and our flex play here. Um, we really want points, and we really want people in the Atlanta and Arizona game because those defenses are very close to the league's worst, if not the league's worst. Yeah, and it, I mean, and that comes from a very simple strategy. It's something that I think more people are are a little more savvy to in the ways of fantasy football, and it's just checking the over-unders. While, I mean, there are some other over-unders that are high. Uh, this, this to us, we, we're taking Hooper as our tight end uh, because any tight end against Arizona is uh, a tight end one unless they're, you're Tyler they're Eifert. They're terrible at that position. They, well, yeah. They're, they're guarding they're, that position, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're just not very good. And then uh, with the, the shot we're taking is we're throwing uh, Calvin Ridley in our flex mm-hmm. for 5,500. Um, this gives us the money to go out and get you know other players. An honorable mention, a game that we talked about, was the Texans and Chiefs with a huge oh, yeah. over-under as well. We couldn't decide. That was the hardest part is you, we really we don't know who to take a shot on. Uh, is it going to be DeAndre Hopkins? Is it going to be Will Fuller? One's a value pick, one's a stud. If you believe in the narrative that someone's due for a breakout, well, it's Hopkins because Will Fuller right. just happened. Or if you believe that a bad defense is just going to tunnel and be like, well, beat us with anybody but this guy, well, they'll be like, okay, not Hopkins. If Fuller yeah. does it, maybe we, can, maybe we can do it on him. And then Fuller might go off again. Right. It's very hard between those two. And then uh, on the on the chief side of things, and we were talking about it a little bit. I we don't. There's just so un, there's there's a lot of uncertainty with Sammy Watkins and really the Chiefs' offense. I mean they 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 are not on the is field it as like much. Robinson are going in with Watkins uh, Pringle now. Yeah, who, just who fucking, in the hell is Pringle? Uh, Bugles. I watch a lot of fucking football. fucking Triscuits. I watch college football. I watch the NFL. I've never heard of this guy in my life. I don't know. I couldn't tell you where he came from. I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he's a rookie or a, just a veteran practice squad guy. Like I have no, no clue. Wait, that's a great point. What if he's been in the league for nine years? No idea. I, I, and I didn't even look him up because I'm not going to spoiler. Well, I guess. The podcast comes on a Wednesday, not a spoiler. I'm not going to spend any money on Chris Pringle, which is not his name, but it sounds like Chris Kringle on the waiver wire this week. <laughs> I don't want that guy's stock because I'm, I'm just rolling the dice on probably the worst option of the many options of the Chiefs. Yeah, there's just too many of them. I don't like any of them other than the one guy that you, I'll let you talk about here. But uh, Yeah, I'll talk, about, I'll talk about him next. Yeah, so but, I... End of the day, guys, uh, we're gamblers. Go with the high over-unders uh, for your points and try and play bad defenses. I think that those are, those are uh, good strategies for something like this. So that's what we're trying to do here. Pretty straightforward. Now, 
why would you go Ridley over Sanu? Uh, great question. And you could make an argument for Sanu. I wouldn't fight you um, too terribly much. But I think Ridley is the uh, bigger play guy. Um, he's going to be getting your shots down the field. He's also priced pretty reasonably. I don't have Sanu's price in front of me. Um, but I, I like Ridley as, as kind of uh, your boomer bust play. Everyone needs to have one in there. You can't go trying to make the safest team. You're just going to mm-hmm. end up and get beat by something yeah. crazy. We're spending, outside of like our defense, we are spending the least amount of money right now on Calvin Ridley. He's coming yeah. in at $5,500. He's dirt cheap. And all we're hoping is he just pops. And if he does, we're in the money. Because all of our other guys are safe, good matchups, consistent production. If Ridley pops, we're, we're out there. Um, but like Gillis hinted at, I will talk about the other matchup. Chase the over-unders. Chase, chase those high point totals, which is why the Texans and the Chiefs should be on everyone's radar. Picking the right option is hard. Knowing everybody else you're going to play against is probably going to double down on a lot of those same players. So being different is somewhat valuable if you don't feel confident in those chalk players and those guys that you can just pencil in guaranteed. But if Tyreek Hill plays this week and he practiced today, Lee, no contact, but uh, Andy Reid believes he'll get in a full practice by the end of the week, then we want Tyreek Hill from the standpoint that it's not like Pat Mahomes has not been throwing the football and it's not like the Chiefs haven't been winning games without him. But especially in the past two weeks, going against Detroit and going against Indianapolis, it just seems like there's a slight disconnect. And a lot of it has to do... Uh, with the um, offensive line, they've definitely been a little worse for wear. They haven't given him uh, kind of the more consistent protection that he's used to. But it's also the inexperience and rapport with him when it comes to the right wide receivers. Outside of Sammy Watkins, every other guy started either on the practice squad or third wide receiver or worse. There's no guy that he can count on, nobody that he's looking to first when a play breaks down because it seems like defenses are focusing in on Kelsey and Watkins, outside of his big week, just hasn't looked that good. So if Hill comes back and they're afraid of contact and they're afraid of just really running him over the middle or anything like that, that man is going to run down the field 20 times. Yeah, And he's sure. going to catch two of them. At least. And after that, he has an amazing week. Two receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns, and he's done. Boom. That's all you need. And uh, just important to note that like we're, we're anticipating him playing. He's yes. our big ticket receiver. If we yes. get news that he's not playing, we can always pivot. We, we did uh, a good enough job budgeting that we can afford uh, some big-name guys. We didn't put Julio Jones out there or DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but if we needed to pivot, we've already talked about uh, a couple of alternate lineups that we could throw out there to save a little cash and to get those guys in there. A hundred percent. Just honestly, just a quick pivot. If you are, if Hill doesn't happen, we move Ridley into that wide receiver three spot, and then we flex Aaron Jones, carry on Johnson, someone like that in that flex spot, and the money's fine. If anything, you still have uh, probably two to three hundred dollars left over that you could maybe get a slight bump in a position if you feel like that might be best. Um, but I'll talk about our defense and special teams, and I will let Gillis tell you why he's going to bet on his favorite quarterback with our last wide receiver. Um, but we are going to go for the Baltimore Ravens strictly because the Bengals are terrible. They're just a very, very bad football team. 
Uh, and I, I know Andy Dalton's good for at least two turnovers, a pick and a fumble or, or just a pass right to the edge rusher because he's scared. Something good like that. Um, so we're going to go with the Baltimore defense this week. But go ahead and, and talk about that final receiver here for Josh, and then we'll, we'll get into the matchup breakdown. So you know we're gambling if we're picking a receiver who, whose quarterback is Captain Kirk Cousins. We must be drinking a little bit, and we must be gambling because we're, we're suggesting you play Adam Thielen, mostly because the Eagles' secondary is atrocious. Uh, their run defense is very good. I think, you know, if had we played this game last week, we, we probably would have said the same thing about uh, Thielen, uh, the narrative of him, you know, speaking up and, and getting that uh, treatment that Kirk was able to, to provide for him against the Giants starting to build on their chemistry a little bit. Uh, we, I mean, at least you and I think that they're going to keep it rolling because they're going to have to in this game if they want to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he looked good last week, and I, we, we expect him to do it again. Yeah, 100%. Um, when it comes to the Eagles, they're probably, I mean, one of the weirdest defenses I've ever seen. Their front seven look incredible, and their secondary just looks like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, it's got to be pretty frustrating. You cannot run the ball against them. There, I can't even remember off the top of my head how many yards per game they average, but it's nothing. They people just don't try because it's just free. It's 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 free real estate to pass it over the top. <laughs> you can just go to town on them. It really doesn't matter. Um, they don't put up too many good performances in the secondary unless they play a pretty bad team. So I think. The Vikings are fully capable of passing the football. They showed you that for two years, and then this year they want to try and run the football. I don't think they're going to have much success at all, actually. But top to bottom, our lineup is going to be Matt Ryan at 8,100, Ingram at 7,500, Chris Carson at 7,200, Larry Fitzgerald 5,600, Thielen 7,200, Tyreek Hill 7,400, Hooper comes in at 6,400, Ridley at 5,500, and then Baltimore's defense at 5,000. I think that leaves you with uh, like 200 to spare or something like that, but we just didn't like the upgrades at any of the other positions. So uh, we, we feel very comfortable in this lineup. I will let you know, I will be betting this lineup. So if you want to win some money with me, just quick bet. So sometimes they have free props. Don't guys bet. just take a free, free money. We just, we just gave you the answers to the test. Like, it's free real estate. <laughs> The only thing freer than this real estate is the one that I have in Dan's head. (laughs) But Josh, you know what time it is. We will jump into the matchup breakdown. We will take it from the top. Do you want to talk first? Do you want me to? Or do you want to hear the matchup first? And then that'll (laughs) let you know if you want to talk about this. Because this could be pretty. Why don't you? You know what surprised me? Why don't you you just tell me? tell me what you want me to do? This matchup is going to be Ram Ranch really sucks at two and three after coming off a seven, a 60, 69 point put up. It might not be 69, but it was close. So we'll count it. Versus 404, the team was definitely not found last week at two and three as well. Two, two and three teams. I would really prefer not to talk about such garbage on the podcast. So I'll let you talk about that, Josh. Give me some insight into these just, just high scoring teams. Well, let's, let's talk. Alex is. In shambles. F- fan of the pod. So. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Alex. 
Shout out, Alex. Here we go. Sam Darnold. Um, he might play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, big endorsement I, off the top. That's, that's about how confident I am in, in Sam Darnold coming back from uh, from making out with too many high school boys. Sometimes you can't help yourself. Ram Ranch really knocks would know so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if any team's gonna understand, Mixon and Ronald Jones, uh, you know, they're guys. At Name a stronger duo. What's that? Name someone in the league who's starting a stronger duo. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to dare you to find a stronger duo than that. No, I don't. I mean, I would say everyone else, but that might be a little too mean and probably untrue. <laughs> I'm sure they're. I'm sure there's somebody playing worse there's running backs. There's got to be someone. Um, Julio Jones, I absolutely love him. He's going to score mm-hmm. uh, half of Alex's points this week. Uh, oh, Cortland no. Sutton, he's actually the wide receiver one, and I did not know that uh, when I traded for Emmanuel Sanders. So I look dumb. Uh, George Kittle's great. Uh, Rams, I, I can't I, – honestly, I want to see that game because – I don't know if San Fran is good or bad. They're undefeated. They're my team. I mean, I know that I picked <laughs> them, but I still have no clue what to expect out of those guys. Um, Robbie Anderson, again, you really got to hope that Darnold and uh, the Lano thing is out of his system, and not just out of his system, but that he has strength back, he's gained the weight back, and that he feels uh, upright because – you're running that stack he, out there's a he dangerous feels game. upright yeah do, what does he go to the doctor and he's like go ahead and stand up uh do you feel vertical or horizontal at the moment you don't want your quarterback hunched over just just not able to stand out there because he's he has no he's no energy and he's still tired like who who the hell knows he's been out for weeks and then all right just the kicker to this whole thing is washington's defense at miami Holy cow. Yeah, what on earth is that? Talk about gambling. Holy I love shit. It. I love did, it. Did Alex just see like the, the Gruden fire and he was like, good fucking job, good. Uh, <laughs> Snyder. <laughs> like, I'm a Snyder guy. Gruden's the problem. Yeah. Now, now give me this team. And I know they're playing the Dolphins, but one team is tanking intentionally and one is doing it out of just incompetency. And the incompetent team is the Redskins. I love it. I truly don't know. If Miami's ever going to win a game, it, it might accidentally be this one. Um, oh, but- yeah. Oh, definitely. That's I'm going to be looking to, oh, you want to talk about Fandle Dark Horse? Get some Chosen Rosen in your life. Oh, Get some Chosen boy. Rosen, maybe a little Preston Williams, Devonta Parker. Yeah, I think that could be, uh, that could be fully fired up this weekend. Because, Josh, tell me what quarterback's going to start for the Redskins this weekend. I don't know. I, I don't think they know. Jay Gruden might be gone, but his decision-making is still there. Yeah, I don't know if anyone actually knows what's going to happen in the quarterback position. Maybe they'll just roll out Colt McCoy. Keenum's healthy. He practiced today. Dwayne Haskin exists. You just They're going to go with the Wiley about, vet. You just made us talk about the Washington Redskins and the Miami Dolphins. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you for making us talk about it by putting that in your lineup. Yeah, you, fuck you, you Alex. jerk. Also, shout um, out Alex, big fan. Really shout out Alex, <laughs> <One of them. laughs> big fan, big fan. 
On the other side, though, it's, I mean, he's playing Luke, so he's got a chance. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's incredibly true. Carson Wentz at Minnesota. Kamara's Kamara, but it's at Jacksonville, so it could be better. Freeman's got a good matchup. Mike Williams, is he, is, okay, is he healthy, or is he just, the whole team just broken? Like, what's going on? I, I don't know. I, I think Williams will be playing. Okay, well, he probably won't do well, because I don't think he's done well all year. Huh. I guess that was his best game was last week, so maybe maybe he's turning the corner. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey, we just talked about it. Wentz is playing Minnesota. That's a tough matchup. Uh, Greg Olson, with the, did he goose last week? Oh, yeah, the old yeah. O for O. Love it. If you don't have your tight end yet, it's rough, li- it's rough sledding out there. Is this Damian Williams? Is he... Yeah, yeah what mm. granted the whole Chiefs just looked bad against the Colts, but he looked really rough running the football. Yeah, Houston's defense isn't that bad. Um, so it's not favorable. And if he's not looking a hundred percent or like himself, oh damn it, he's starting Parker. God, these guys suck. Hey, I like that. That's a good move. That's Stop it. That's Dark Horse, baby. That, oh, no, believe oh. me, that's that's Dark Horse, but that is... If you're putting you that like in your the, starting lineup... Do you like the Jets spleen brother stack that Alex is running, or do you no. like... Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> and then the Rams D against what could be a potent San Fran offense could be a very bad play. I don't that, know. That could I, act like... I have no idea what that's going to be like. I have no idea who I want to pick in this. I honestly... I just I want to pick Julio Jones and that's it. Like I just Julio Jones will beat both of these teams. So I guess because Alex has him, I will take Alex. But golly, doesn't feel great. Similar mentality. You pick Julio. I think I'm going to pick Kamara. Kamara at Jacksonville. Jacksonville definitely does not scare me. Um, and if anything, I think they're going to scare uh, Teddy Bridgewater enough that that he's going to be very heavily involved, either passing out of the backfield or running football. Uh, it's definitely not the same Jacksonville defense as, as it's been in years past. And then I also like Luke Stack more. It doesn't matter that they're playing uh, Minnesota. I just believe in the Jeffrey Wentz Stack more. I think Philly is a good team overall that'll play well against a good team. And I think the Jets are a bad team and they're going to play even worse against a decent team. So. I was going to say, so you don't believe in the Darnell Anderson Stack. That's, that's strange, Zach. I'm no. not sure. The Spleen brothers aren't going to cut it for me. Not sure how you don't buy into that. Also, Golden Tate at New England. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a. I believe in Golden Tate, or at least the potential of the opportunity. But short week in New England. That sounds awful. Hell yeah! What? What better way to light them up? Go in unsuspecting. Danny Dimes is going to be throwing for a dime, ten total yards. Danny Dimes is not going to have fun on Thursday. That's my prediction. The least hot, hottest take we've ever given on the podcast. <laughs> all right, you're going to go with Alex. I'm going to go with Luke. Picking no one was not an option, so that's why we didn't do that. But believe us, <laughs> but we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go into the next matchup. It is the Cincinnati Bungholes and Alex Fear at a rough one and four versus the Max Street Boys, who got peered pressure into changing his team name. Don't know why he didn't keep it about beating women. <laughs> tough, tough give or take there, yeah. Ian. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and coming in at two and three. Nobody likes a flip flopper, all right. If you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna make a bad decision, at least, at least stand with it. Ian, you chose your side. You don't support women. Yeah, 
And now you're just a flip-flopper who doesn't support women. Way to go. But now for the hard-hitting analysis. Uh, <laughs> this one's actually pretty tough as well. I don't really love either of these teams. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. Quarterbacks, honestly, I think they'll cancel out. McCaffrey's a stud, but his only bad week this year was against Tampa Bay. And what Tampa Bay is good at on defense is getting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. If you can handle the pressure and pass the football, you can light them up. But if you if you can or you have to rely on the run, that's where it gets a little dicey. So McCaffrey, well, I don't think he'll be held under like 15 points or something. I think he'll not go for 26. Um, but then James Conner, I don't, I don't like anything Pittsburgh has going on offensively this year at all. Uh, Chris Thompson, I, it's got his best matchup of the year. I guess that's fine. Deshaun Hamilton is the third. Okay, do we do this every single week? Every single week. It's almost like he's trolling us. Do we actually know if he's playing Deshaun Hamilton these weeks? I don't know. He's but putting him in the lineup, so we have to no, talk do about you see him. him. Do you see him trying to troll us right now? He moved he him out goofed. of his flex, and he put him into his wide receiver two slot. He goosed Alex twice out of five games. He started him every week. Oh, my God. What did he see in week one and two that he's like, give me week three, <laughs> which two. he gooses, and he's like, give me week four. So gets, I guess, rewarded with 7.2 points, <laughs> and then he gooses him again. I hope that it's just a meme and that he actually pulls him before the start of every week, but that is rough. And then Jason Witten, I don't Oh, my gosh. No, Fear's team is getting wrecked right now. <laughs> I just, I kind of got, ever since I hit Deshaun Hamilton, I started looking down. You have like a, a 57 year old robot at tight end, a guy who's on by, Cole Beasley light, and a defense on by. That's a disaster. At least Ian's got like Brandon Cooks. If he's healthy, he's playing. Lockett's really good this year. Calvin Ridley, we already talked about it. We like that. That's a great stack there. The Matt Ryan Ridley stack, super solid. Marvin yep. Jones, I mean, that's why he traded for him. Gives him good depth. Deshaun Hamilton? No, I'm gonna take Ian. Uh, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the guy who believes in beating women. That's how yeah. bad Ferris team is right now. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent And I'm gonna go a step further. I refuse to speak on Alex Ferris team again until oh. I see Deshaun Hamilton out. <laughs> so for the rest of this season, if Deshaun Hamilton is in, I will just pick the other person and I will not give any analysis. <laughs> on Fear's team, I will just tell him what I like about that team. I refuse because someone needs to do something. All right, friends don't let friends start Deshaun Hamilton in their lineup. Friends, just don't friends, do it. Friends don't let friends start their lineup drunk. <laughs> okay, well that makes it pretty easy. Two picks for Ian. Pretty short analysis. Pretty rough lineup for Fear. That is brutal. Um, but we will move move on to and also Pete the Cat Joe. Coming in at a dark horse, three and two, winning record. Things were pretty dire up front. Dan picked him to have one of the worst teams in the league. And he is just still putting Dan in the rearview mirror for Zach Brand team name change to Pitter Patter. I don't know if he likes reindeers on the rooftop. I don't know if it's a pet reference. I don't know if that's how he interprets how he walks, which it is not. He is a lumbering <laughs> giant. Um, but Zach is coming in here at two and three. Walk me through what you're seeing here, Josh. Yeah, I don't know about the team name. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. But both quarterbacks, I think, have good matchups, and they're both 
good quarterbacks. So uh, we'll just push that one and keep going. Sanders and Carson, Chubb and Freeman. <sighs> Yikes. So I think Chris Carson's the best back. I think that's much of a debate, but Chubb's really good. And then I don't know, Sanders against Minnesota or Freeman against Tennessee. Guess Freeman. If I had to pick between Sanders and Freeman, I'd pick Freeman. Uh, I don't know if Carson's going to outweigh that. Very, very interesting running backs. Pete the Cat's got the stack of Julian Edelman, which, by the way, that felt terrible last week. Mm, yeah. Scary Terry back in the lineup. The only person in that game that should be played on a fantasy team. Jimmy Graham has started to put some good weeks together. Devonta Adams is still out. Curtis Samuel at Tampa Bay. He might get loose this game. Yeah, that this could I, be one that he pops. We've been saying it for a while that he's kind of been due, but wait, um, we're back to London for a nine thirty. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's an early one. Love to see that. I don't love to see Ido Smith in the flex, but I understand that against Arizona. I too also don't like to see Ido Smith. <laughs> that's just a, ever. That's but bad. here's the thing: if you're ever going to put Ido Smith in your lineup and not with Devonta Freeman being hurt. It's going to be against Arizona, I guess. So, like, I can't yeah. Um, Thielen's going to feast against Philly. We already talked about him. Landry against Seattle. They're going to need. They're going to need to throw. Landry's Earth. the new hotness right now. Yeah, I mean, everyone's focused on Odell because Odell's not that good or something. I don't know. Uh, well, apparently, Earth's- if you just stop Odell, then outside of the Ravens game, that's all you have to do, and then you just beat the Browns. Yeah, that's super easy. Ertz against Minnesota, not a great matchup, but Zach Ertz is pretty great, so it'll work out. Kirk against Atlanta, if he's healthy, good for him. Uh, I don't love Deontay Johnson for the same for the reason I don't know what quarterback is even going to be out there, and they're on yeah. their like third or fourth or fifth or seventh quarterback. So don't love either one of their second flexes by any means. And then Jacksonville's defense uh, at home against New Orleans. I don't believe in that defense anymore. It I don't still either. could be fine, but that's definitely not the strong pick that it was. No, I mean, it's okay, but Ramsey, if Ramsey was playing, it would make the world a difference, but with him not, I don't know what that's going to look like. I also don't believe in the Chargers defense, even with a third string. Ew, okay, so for Jacksonville's defense, week one, they went minus eight against the Chiefs, put up a very good nine against Houston, a great 14 against Tennessee, but then they put up one point against Denver and one point against Carolina. Yes. That is not a defense I am hyped to start, especially against the Saints. Yes, correct. Wait, so did you make a pick? Who are you picking? That's a great question. I did not make a pick, and I'm... This is a hard one. I, I, is... I do know who I'm going with, but this one is not awesome. Uh, give me... Oh, my God. I don't know. Holy shit. Fuck it. Give me Joe. He just kicked my ass last Damn it. I'm going to go with Joe, too. As of right now on ESPN, he has projected 12 less points. But unless, and which they could, if Mahomes, Chubb, and Thielen combine for like 80 points, then Joe's definitely going to be in some trouble. But I love Joe's matchup. Brady, Julian Stack against the Giants. Chris Carson against Cleveland. Scary Terry at Miami. Curtis Samuel, Tampa Bay. Ito, Arizona, and then the Chargers against Pittsburgh, who currently have a fourth-string or third-string quarterback. Yeah, third-string quarterback, and their fourth-string is their running back, who's also out. 
if something happens to this quarterback, they're going to be bringing in the Pirates like left fielder. Yeah. They won't even know what to do. No. So no, I to me this is all matchups. I just think the studs for Zach will pull their weight, but I think the rest of the roster uh, will not get it done. So we're actually both going to go, Joe. I didn't think you would. I thought you were trying to talk yourself into Zach there. Well, I really did like the matchups that he had with Thielen, Landry. Uh, I think Nick Chubb's really good, and I think Freeman's going to do okay against Tennessee's D, but Pat Mahomes will light it up, and Kirk's got a good matchup. I mean, it's really tough. He doesn't have a lot of bad matchups, but I think yeah. Joe's got the, the guys who are going to go for big, big games, like Scary Terry, potentially Curtis Samuel. Those guys could go for... If both of those guys score one touchdown, I mean, Joe's in business. He's rocking. All right, but we'll get into the next matchup. That is Boy Dog Edward. First place, Charlie Earhart at four and one versus anti-Dan Pick. Thanks, Zach. You're welcome, Ben. Two and three. This Of all the weeks that Charlie's the the new reverse Dan, it's definitely this one. (laughs) I mean, do we have to talk about what's about to take place this week? I'd rather not, but we do kind of put it on ourselves to talk about these. So I guess let's talk about the matchup. Ben team name change, uh, photo change into some weird blue, ugly cat, but love the shout out in the team name. I respect that. Charlie, Charlie's getting off downtown at BDE station. I love that. Who will score the most points on Charlie's team? Um, cool. I'm going to go with, and why is the Patriots defense an option? Ooh, that is a good option. That is a good option. But I think I would go DeAndre Hopkins. I think he. I think he's going to do it. Going to have the popper week. I'll I go with Lamar Jackson it. as his score. I think Lamar Jackson rushes over for over a hundred yards and and gets in the end zone this week. Um, but honestly, we could have picked like five different guys because every single one of them is going to have a really great game. Who's going to score the least for Ben's team? Equally difficult question. There's a lot of them. The least. Excluding the two guys who are already ruled out on his team. Excluding yeah. those Oh, guys. excluding who those guys? Who is he going to play? Because, yeah, I was going to go with those guys. I'll say Corey Davis if I have to play, pick a guy who's going to actually play. Yeah, we had a uh, reverse fantasy football league draft. So the whole point is to play guys who don't score points. And Corey Davis was drafted for that league. Yeah. And now he's starting in a regular fantasy football league. Yep. That's insane. Yep. And yeah, that's probably the right pick. It's definitely the right pick. Yeah. Because we can't pick the two guys who are not going to play tomorrow. Right. This is so, a tough this is a tough look for Ben, but he does have the same amount of wins as Dan. So Yeah, I don't feel bad for Ben. He put up too many points against me for me to feel bad for him. Um but this this one's pretty much over. Charlie's got it locked up. And uh as far as Corey Davis goes, as soon as sooner he leaves Tennessee Titans to another team, the better. Um, he might he might actually be a decent receiver. I have no idea. No one knows. I I yeah I hate that offense. But uh, no, we will both go with Charlie. I think that's not not exactly a secret here. No. We'll move into the next matchup. That is Juicy Smooch. Mm, so juicy. Versus Danny Dimes. Uh, Ryan is coming in at two and three. Dan is also coming in at two and three. I will kind of go through this one quickly. I think like narrative wise, it is in Ryan's favor. I think studs and, and that wise, it's kind of in Dan's. I mean, Zeke hasn't popped yet. Maybe this is his game. 
Uh, Todd Gurley actually has a pretty tough matchup, but Godwin is incredible this year. Gordon might be due. Will Disley's a really strong play. He's going with the double tight end flex. Um, I think it's it's a really bold move, but it it seems like the number one thing that'll just bite you in the ass, especially if he's doing it over guys like Larry Fitzgerald or Adrian Peterson. That's it's just like every week you're going to look back and be like, well, OK, one of those tight ends was wrong and I should have gone with that guy. But I mean, but we'll see Didi Westbrook out there. I don't love it, um, although I don't love New Orleans defense. But then when I look at Ryan's team, he's got really, really great matchups. Um, honestly, Carlos Hyde against Kansas City. All running backs have a good game. Deshaun Watson, we love. Sonny Michelle's finding his groove, I think, on a Thursday night at home against the Giants. That's when a running back does well. On, on a short week where all he has to do is run the same fucking plays. There's no big game plan. He doesn't have to worry about anything. Uh, Mike Evans is due for the week. That'll be a great battle between those two guys. Robert Woods, again, kind of due. If you believe in that kind of narrative, Ryan is your team this week. But Seahawks is strong against the Browns. Boyd, we've talked about I like him. Brita, we've talked about that, that I like him as well. Um, I, I am going to go with Ryan this week. Uh, this isn't as as disrespectful not taking Dan because he's Dan. I do think Ryan is fully capable of winning this matchup. I think that his team, at least across the board with the matchups that they have, can get the job done. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. We, we Todd Gurley, those guys, we don't know that those are any good. For, in fact, I think they're kind of rough. doesn't mean they're not going to be good. It just means they're right. going to be the game-changing players that they can be. I don't even know if they'll use Josh Gordon out there because they're going to be up by 50. Yeah. And while the tight ends, I actually like both tight ends in terms of their matchups, but I don't, like you said, I don't like them in comparison to what, I don't know how he doesn't have Larry Fitzgerald in there. That's Dan's logic, and I don't think I'll be able to follow that. So I'll just pick Ryan uh, and expect his fantasy defense to show up and contain Dan. This is, uh, yeah, I do think overall, though, this will be close because that's the only kind of game Ryan plays. Yeah. But now we'll move on to our matchups, get into the final stages of this podcast here. Uh, This will be, when it comes to seeding and overall record, heavy matchup this week. It is me, the champ, is here at 4-1 versus free MG, Michael George. Also, at 4-1, Josh, you have honors. Kind of walk us through what you're seeing here. Uh, quarterbacks both have good matchups. Eckler and Jones, we've talked about Jones. I mean, I think he's still going to end up and be a very useful play for you. Uh, he, I don't know that you can expect to get the 36 that he got in week one, but right. uh, certainly not going to let you down either. Dalvin Cook got a tough matchup and again, and you're going against Gordon. So that's got to be one of the weirder games you're going to watch and pay attention to. Hey, at least it's the Sunday night game. Nothing else will be on. Yeah, you're going to sit there and say, oh, man, which running back is in there? Or if they're both in there, oh, shit, what's going to happen? How pissed does the NFL have to be that they already scheduled this for Sunday at night and these two teams are walking in there and they're like, the f***? Yeah, they're not happy about it. That's for damn sure. To the receiver matchup, again, Tariq Hill, if he plays, he's got the matchup to burn it. Michael Thomas at Jacksonville, if Ramsey doesn't play, should be just dandy. Odell, I, I, dude, I didn't believe in Odell going into this year, but I definitely didn't see these kind of performances coming from him. So, like, I, I don't know what I don't know what to think. Um, in that, 
Kenny G's having a hell of a year. Uh, Green Bay's defense is tough in the secondary. They will be king on him as I'm pretty sure he's uh, separated himself as the number one receiver. TJ, Hawkinson, and Ingram. Ingram is dead, right? Or did... He is officially ruled out, as is Saquon. So that's not a good play. Kiki, I'm not a fan. Hasn't done a lot. Looks like he started to do something last week. Gonna assume he doesn't do great. And Frank Gore bye. Gotta go with you. Um, just towards the end of his team, he started uh, dying off there. I don't know if he's got any options. Doesn't really look like it on his bench. Too strong. So I'm taking you. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to take myself, but the big thing here is the the matchups. Cook against uh, Philly, we've talked about that. That is really not ideal. Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay, those are the guys that scare me. Um, but Tyreek, if he comes back, fingers crossed, um, I think that that'll be just fine. Hawkinson, they like to throw in the red zone. He has a ton of red zone targets. Obviously, I'm going to take myself. But realistically, I think it's uh, from the matchups and who's getting hurt more. Uh, with buys and injuries. And I think he's getting hurt more this week. Um, and I think I'll benefit from that and pull out. So we'll, uh, that'll lead us in the final matchup of the week. Because Fleece or Famine coming in again at a surprising 3-2 and two if you were listening to Dan's predictions. Another worst team in the league is Dom, who also, again, has a better record than Dan. Uh, first, he'd beat Luke's Beer Mile and my co-host, Josh Gillis, who is at a surprising two and three, given how many points he has allowed. How can you live with that every week? Well, you say it. I understand the term points allowed is, you know, it is what it is. But, like, I'm not doing anything to allow this to happen. Who did you upset? I I clearly, God is who I upset. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. This is what I this did. is between you and the Lord right now. Yeah, like I'm sure I'm sure. Believe me, I'm I'm not. You know, I've made some mistakes, and I. Well, then, how do you feel about going on like a three day bender and being hungover for 14 hours right now? Yeah, I feel about the same as having to go week knowing that I'm going to give up 34 points in uh, <laughs> fantasy on Sunday. So, like, it's it's essentially the same feeling. I'm just feeling it now all week instead of just on. The, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I got to do, um, but. Hopefully something. I don't know if I maybe I'm praying to the wrong guy. Maybe there's another guy that I just I need to figure out who that is. But I'll kind of go through this real fast. Um, when I look at Dom's team, it's actually pretty solid. He's gotten uh, the better shake of some deep roster holds that he's that he has had since the start of the year that have panned out really well. DJ Chark, definitely one of those guys, and Jordan Howard, definitely one of those guys. They were two guys at the start of the year that mean nothing to you, and now they seem like pretty pretty solid guys. Uh, Le'Veon Bell against Dallas. He's the only thing on that offense, but that's going to be a tough game. James White, if Sonny Michelle is successful, that's also pretty rough. His running back situation isn't going to be good because if you look at Jordan Howard at Minnesota, that's really tough. I think one of the bigger keys here, though, is the Bears are on by, so he's going to have to go to the waiver wire right now, which is kind of a barren landscape to get a defense out there and start. Um, that kind of looks pretty rough. When I look at you, Rodgers is kind of due for at least like a two-touchdown game. Um, something's going to have to give there eventually. Now, he's clearly not going to put up numbers like he has in the past, but th- they're moving the ball down the field. They are putting up points. He's just not throwing the touchdowns. That's got to change eventually. But 
David Johnson's got a great matchup. Carrion Johnson's got a great matchup. Amari Cooper's got a great matchup. Emmanuel Sanders looks uh, is incredibly surprising this year. Mark Andrews, yeah, they might just run all over him, but I think in the pecking order of the guys who will do well if that's the case, it would be Andrews definitely before Marquise Brown. So I think you got the advantage there. DJ Moore, you definitely beat Tampa Bay through the air. So that's a good take. Auden Tate, I don't know if I super agree with it, but you do you. But Titans defense, I think, is strong against Denver. I mean, I'm absolutely taking you. Any insight into your matchup? Well, I'm taking me. But honestly, when you when you have a season or seasons that I've had, I start to see, like, okay, who's going to burn me? Keep your eye out on Marquise Brown. A, it's a really good matchup. And B, dropped him beginning of the season. Oh, you done. Whatever. Whatever it was like, I forget what I even dropped him. For, but I just, I know God's gonna make him go four touchdowns, and I'm oh, probably not that bad. Probably going to get beat by if that John, man. If John Brown wasn't on by and he was playing for Auden Tate, your team's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's all about yeah, because you allow. It's because I allow it to happen. Someone needs you to teach allow me all those points. How to quit allowing that? Because I, I'm, I'm making myself really sad but yeah i know a guy i think you have his number his name's ryan lachey plays <laughs> fucking great fantasy defense dude i've asked ryan up. so many times like wh- how can i be more like you to to get that defense up there well, yeah but mcdonald's he isn't does giving not away the recipe secrets. for the mac sauce so like what are you doing he doesn't share any secrets he will not help me ryan has always been very close to the best player you just got to get him drunk. I mean, I'll try again, but I know he's just going to shoot me down because he's an asshole who wants to wants to see me suffer. But I'm taking myself. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, we'll both take you. I feel good about this. I feel good about this. If you squeak out a win, you're three and three. You're in the fucking thick of it. But other than that, I think that might wrap us up this week. Josh, you have any closing thoughts for the people? As the guy who has given up the most points, what can you tell them to make them feel good about going into this week? For anyone who's doubting your team, for anyone who is unsure or is nervous, just know that there's always someone who is going to get the uh, brunt end of it, probably a 160-point week from somebody. Just based off of the simple math this year, odds are it's going to be me. So Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like you weren't talking to the league. Why were you giving yourself a pep talk? Because because fuck the league, man. I'm pissed. Like, I'm really <laughs> sad, and this is getting old. So fuck all of you. I just want to not, not be sad anymore. That's it. Just let them know. That's all I got. In case anybody was curious, Josh is super hungover, but he is having a little bit of whiskey. What's your drink of choice today, Josh? Oh, Jack Daniels. In a tall glass of water. The a tallest t- glass of water. A tall glass of water and a splash of whiskey for the sake of the podcast. I might go throw up right after this. I don't know. But okay, that's all that we have for you. Thank you again, uh, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. See you guys. I have often dreamed of a far-off place Where a hero's welcome would be waiting for me Where the crowds will cheer when they see my face And a voice keeps saying This is where I'm meant to be I'll be there someday
Welcome.